Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Apostolic Taboo. This is the week where we do our Bible study. So we hope you enjoy this week's episode of A Kingdom of Misfits, written by Bailey Romans, which you can buy off of Amazon.com. Look up A Kingdom of Misfits, giving you every reason why God can and will use you by Bailey Romans, or click the link in our link tree below. Can't wait for this episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode. So we are doing lesson three, A Tribe of Misfits, uh, the Israelites. If you have your book, get it out and let's get going. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, God promised Abraham that he would make him a great nation. This great nation is what we know as the Israelites. Israelites in Egypt. Exodus 1, 7 through 12 says, And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waved exceeding mighty and the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. The Israelites were a blessed nation, and the new Pharaoh saw them as a threat to his power. In an attempt to control the Israelites' growing numbers, Pharaoh ordered that all the Israelite boys be drowned in the Nile River. Israel cried out for for help, and God responded. A mother placed her baby in a basket and sent him floating down the Nile. He was pulled from the water by the Pharaoh's daughter and given the name Moses. The baby lived in Pharaoh's palace as a member of the royal family until God's plan of salvation was set in motion. The river Pharaoh plotted to murder an entire generation of males is the same river God destined to bring their deliverance. God sometimes uses what we think will destroy us to answer our prayers. In Exodus 2, Moses was chosen to be the leader that guides the Israelites to their deliverance into the promised land. During the next few chapters of the Bible, he goes before Pharaoh and asks him to set God's people free from their enslavement. Pharaoh refuses and God sends plagues on Egypt in an effort to persuade Pharaoh to change his mind. As a result of the final plague, Pharaoh, because his pride, loses his firstborn son. Finally, he agrees to free the Israelites, and no sooner that he let them go, Pharaoh had a change of heart. As the Israelites flee from Pharaoh in his wrath, the miracle of Moses being used to part the Red Sea occurs. God made a way for the Israelites like he has always done. Israelites at Mount Sinai Hungry, thirsty, and tired, the Israelites are on their way to Mount Sinai in Exodus chapters 16 and 8 through 18. They begin criticizing the man of God and even the Lord himself for rescuing them in Exodus 16, 3. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye brought us forth into the will, this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. God hears the grumblings of Israel, the Israelites and provides for them, giving them everything they need. 
When looking at the Israelites, one thought comes to mind. Could their hearts be just as hard as Pharaoh's? God speaks of the covenant he wants to make with them when they arrive at Mount Sinai in Exodus 19, 3-6. God makes the covenant with the Israelites and Moses goes up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone and the tabernacle plan. He was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And in Exodus 32, 1-6 it says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as as for Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we won't not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with graving tool. After he made it a molten calf, and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up of the land of Egypt. The Israelites grew extremely impatient. They couldn't wait for Moses to return from the mountain any longer. Their covenant with God apparently was not enough. They asked Aaron to make them a god to worship, and he gives into their antics. God recognizes that the people have broken the covenant, and he is ready to set his wrath upon them. Moses, trying to be a good leader, pleads with him not to enact his wrath on them. The Lord repents because of the evil he thought to do to his people in Exodus 32, 7-14. Moses descends from the mountain, sees Israel worshiping their golden calf, and becomes angry and throws the tablets to the ground. Moses confronts Aaron. Like a coward, he blames the people because they are set on mischief. Exodus 32, 21-22 Israelites after taking the promised land the Israelites wandered the desert for 40 years, and the old, older generation, along with Moses, has now passed away. This new generation takes the promised land and drives out the Canaanites. Israel does not obey God's commandments on how to deal with the Canaanites and becomes more corrupt than they were. Judges chapters 1-16 through 16 shows the state of Israel is in, and the book ends on this note, Judges 21-25. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. The Israelites fight many battles in the promised land. During a battle with the Philistines, the Israelites get arrogant and bring out the Ark of the Covenant, thinking it would bring them the victory. The Philistines take the Ark of the Covenant and rise to power in 1 Samuel chapter 4-7. through Isn't that a lot like us? When the enemy seems to rise up in our lives and things seem to take control of us, do we use God like a trophy or tool? We should ask for his help and be humble. After the Israelites lose this battle, they go to Samuel and ask for a king. In 1 Samuel 8, 21-22, Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. Israel wants to be like the other nations. They want to have a king. The problem they had was not with authority. It was a lack of obedience. They refused to let God be their king. Through the entire Bible, Israel lives in an aggravating cycle. Sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance, then back to sin. The Israelites are God's chosen people. We see them messing up again and again. 
They become impatient. They don't want to trust God. They only want what they desire. They have to be in control. The Israelites are an example of his mercy and grace. God picks us up every time we fall, just like he did for them. If we lose hope in the waiting process, he will be there to help and guide us. The Israelites are not perfect, yet they are God's people. He used them in mighty ways, even though they were rebellious and tried to replace God with idols. He will do the same for us. We are his people. It does not matter how much we feel we have failed him. We are chosen to take the promised land and destined for greatness. At the end of every chapter, let's think about how do you relate with the Israelites? And how do they help you realize that you can still be used? I hope you've enjoyed today's session and uh, lesson. If you buy the book, you can go through and write your thoughts. I have a little section there where you can write and ponder and think and discuss if you're doing it with somebody else. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and we will see you next week on Breaking Apostolic Taboo. I am Bailey Romans and let's start talking. Thank you.